0: It's hard because that's the way that we've always done it. And so those are the most difficult things to really challenge. But that's the place where deep innovation happens. Not just coming up with a bunch of new programs to add on top of old programs, but it's actually looking at the existing programs and thinking differently about them.
1: Welcome to the Student Life Update. It's a staff meeting you can pause... And you get to choose the snacks.
2: Cheetos today.
1: (laughs) I'm John Sampson. I'm here with Michelle Lang right across the table. What's up? We've got some important opportunities coming up that we want to let you know about. So we're going to start right there.
2: Did you know that our students have access to a job platform that is just for them and has hundreds of jobs listed right now, which last time I checked is one of the major reasons people get college degrees (laughs) for jobs. Warner Pacific is part of the Handshake Platform along with 20 other colleges and universities in Oregon. Handshake is like LinkedIn, but with employers looking for students from Warner Pacific. So if you have questions or you want to get your students signed up, have them talk to Rod or Tirza.
1: Also, I had promised um, updates from the Board of Trustees meeting on this podcast, and um, the update that you're going to get right now is really a reminder of an email that you received on Friday. And that's that we're having an all-faculty and staff meeting on Monday, October 30th. So next Monday at 4 p.m. in Schlatter Chapel, where Dr. Cook will share a number of decisions the board made. So there are some exciting changes happening. So we want you all to be able to hear about them, and we hope that you'll be able to attend and learn together.
2: As always, we have plenty of events coming up this week. Here are a few standouts. Tuesday, we're starting the Humans versus Zombies game. I don't know if it's a game or a lifestyle, but whatever <laughs> it is, it starts this week. It happens off in the Student Life Center, so you'll see students running around, you know, with socks. Also, uh, in that same vein, the Pops Harvest Party happens in Maguire Auditorium on Tuesday from 7.30 to 9.30. That is our special music ensemble performance. And then next Sunday, it's the Boo-Ha Halloween Party and Comedy Show in McGuire Auditorium, sponsored by campus ministries and student leadership and multicultural programs. That is on Sunday, starting at 6 o'clock p.m. Bring your family, your friends. Awesome. Oh! oh yep. And basketball jumped off this last week. Yeah. Did you catch that? Jumped off? No, Got it? I heard it. See? Heard it. Basketball good. jumped off last week, and so it is a new sport sort of in the rotation. They uh, They have a game here on Friday.
1: So, Michelle, you might have thought this wasn't going to happen, but I do have a question for you. (laughs) Okay. Would you rather have all your choices made by other people or by using a randomized method? So you have no say in the outcome either way, but it's either kind of a flip of the coin Mm -hmm. or other people Mm -hmm. making that decision.
2: Other people. Other people? Yes. And I'm going to assume, I'm going to speak into the equation here, that those other people know me. So I would much rather trust the outcome, to people who I think know me and who I think care about me.
1: Now, now, what if these are other people who know you but don't like you? Ooh. What if, who doesn't
2: like me? Who does What kind of question is this?
1: Well, I, I, you know, it actually leads to this list I have of people who know. I'm kidding. <laughs> you know, okay. So, I mean, I guess, I, I guess you know, I, I agree. I think that hopefully people would see, uh, you know, people would be able to make a judgment and, and be able to, Make a call that's better than random choice.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't want to, I don't want to live randomly to that degree. So there's my choice.
1: I ask you the question because a lot of what we do in leadership and serving students daily is about making decisions. And today we're going to talk about what it takes to challenge our assumptions and ask good questions in our work and lives. When, When we're busy, it's easy to keep things the same. But if we're not careful, we end up doing what's already been done, which is really another way of offloading our decisions to someone else. So, our interview today is with Dr. Eileen Holm. She's a faculty member in the Department of Higher Education at Azusa Pacific University and is a member of Warner Pacific's Board of Trustees and the chair of the program committee, which means that she, uh, in her role, helps oversee our academic and student life programs. Um, In addition to that, she served as a vice president for student life at three institutions, including George Fox and Baylor, and she's published research around topics including strength-based leadership, curiosity, and innovation in higher education. So She's
2: no lightweight.
1: She's got a lot of great thoughts, and I'm excited that we get to learn from her over the next few minutes. Now, another caveat, we had one last week. (laughs) We're going to pick up in the middle of our first answer of this interview due to some static in the recording. I'm going to get this fixed, I promise. You'll hear a bit when we cut over of the static, but it goes away within about the first 30 seconds or so. So stick with it and let me get you caught up. So to start off this interview, I asked Eileen, as someone who has been a VP of a number of institutions and in looking at student affairs as a whole, what some of the pressing issues were that she sees or also what we should be thinking about as a student affairs staff. Um, to kick that off, she she told me she'd outline both what people across the country see and what she sees. Nationally, she said Title IX has dominated the field for about two years. I think we'd agree with that. And she suspects that it will continue for another two years or so and then settle out as some of that moves into our standard systems that manage the work. She also uh, no- noted topics like campus protests, student mental health, and sexual assault that dominate the conversation. Mm. And While these are important pieces of the work, um, Eileen highlighted that they fit into the part of our work where we're seen as the problem solvers. Um, So we will jump into the conversation right there. And so here's Dr. Eileen Holm.
0: What I keep saying to my colleagues across the country is, I think we need to re-envision ourselves as something more than just the problem solvers and the party planners. Um, And I see a lot of campuses really trying to understand what it means to be an educator, because we use that language all the time. But there's really uh, very little across the country, because I've had an opportunity to travel to hundreds of campuses in the last four or five years, you really find in student affairs that we're struggling to really know what it means to be an educator. Mm -hmm. I mean, for a lot of us, it means uh, have some good conversations, uh, you know, go to chapel and talk to people after it Mm -hmm. and those types of things, which is all legitimate. But it does really bow the question of of, of what are we really going to become and how do we really fit into the educational mission and getting serious about redefining ourselves according to the educational mission. Um, I think those are going to be critical. But here's my big thing. One of the things that is stunning, John, is when you travel the country, mm-hmm. our student life divisions look so much alike regardless of the campus there are very few distinctive student life divisions like we all have residence halls we all have RAs um, we all have student unions and rec centers and title nine officers and we all have the same you know um, student organizations and then we have special interest uh, groups that support uh, first generation and people of color and it's 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 this incredible similarity across. And what I keep trying to say to our colleagues is, you know, everything else in higher education has changed in a lot of deep ways. Like even online education has pretty much transformed us. You know, the, 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 the pressure on faculty not to be the sage on the stage and to figure out a new way of teaching and all those kind of things. But in student affairs, we haven't. So what I keep talking to people is I said, what if we, what if we woke up tomorrow and we said, we're not going to have RAs anymore? We're just going to eliminate the RA position. We're going to eliminate hall directors. What would we put back in there? I think we need to do more of that thinking, John. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't see that happening across the country.
1: I love that way of thinking. How do we actually mm-hmm. challenge assumptions? What mm-hmm. do we do? Um, I am curious because I think a lot of times when we when we try to think that way or when we when I see people challenged to think that way, we move to a, well, I just work uh, in athletics or in student activities or in the counseling center. That's more for the VP to figure out. Now, as someone in that role, I, I actually agree that 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 does start with structures that enable that. But is there something else there? What or what can someone in a director level position or as a coordinator, like what's what's the work to be done in that space?
0: You know, it's it's interesting that you would say that, John, because you know, Ron Heifetz's work around adaptive leadership, which you well know. Um, you know, one of the things Heifert talks about is that you have to push challenging assumptions down in the organization yeah. because it's really at those levels where the change happens, right? It's really at that level where people um, are challenging and changing and those types of things. And I think we make a mistake by leaving it at your level. Mm-hmm. Um, and because basically then people feel like, why is he challenging? this. Mm -hmm. It's really different if you're saying, I'm challenging it, then why is he challenging it? And I said, to create it and to give people the freedom to ask those hard questions and to maybe uh, eliminate, I keep using this example, but eliminate RAs and maybe something else moves in and maybe it doesn't work as well. And that's okay. I mean, that kind of freedom, that kind of ability or willingness to fail has got to be a part of pushing it down. And I do think that's what the executive level does, is they make space and padding for failure. Um, but I think the challenging of the assumptions and the trying new things needs to happen at the, the basic level. And I will, I will say, I mean, I say this to senior fears people all the time who ask me, how did you move up into these positions? I think that my first, Chief Student Affairs Officer uh, was at 35. Okay, pretty young for us to be doing that. And I said it was because I was willing to to ask and to act mm-hmm. on the hard questions, um, and people people recognize that. So I always tell people, even if you're a hall director, or not just a hall director, even in the role of hall director, which is critical, to begin to ask ourselves, why do we do it this way? And but what's hard about challenging assumptions, John, is that. The assumptions fall in the land of we take this for granted. Yeah. And so it's hard to step back and say, well, why should we do something like a tradition that we've had? Or why should we have chapel? Or why should we have particular speakers? Or it's hard because that's the way that we've always done it. And yeah. so those are the most difficult things to really challenge. But that's the place where deep innovation happens. Not just coming up with a bunch of new programs to add on top of old programs, but it's actually looking at the existing programs and thinking differently about them. Mm
1: -hmm. So if if I'm listening to this and saying, man, that those examples she gave are great. You know, like why why have RAs or, you know, why do we do this this way? Uh, But how do I go beyond that? You know, that sounds great when I hear it from you, but how do I think about that in that way? How do we how do we go about challenging assumptions um, if if we're not used to that or yeah. yeah? How do
0: we get in that mindset? Well, I do think we we have to go back to teaching ourselves how to ask good questions. I think it starts with with that piece. And quite frankly, we've been, through our education systems, been trained out of questions, and we've been trained into right answers. And that's what, as administrators, that's what we feel like we always have to have is the right answer. We have to solve the problem. So, and that is true. At times we do. That's our role. Um, But because we've been trained that way, the the, uh, ability then to to kind of ask those questions. kind of So I would say first, it's just really simple. And that is just beginning to become more mindful of the things that we're doing. Mm-hmm. Wake up, don't cross campus, you know, with your blinders on, but begin to really wake up to, you know, does it have to be? Why could we do? Maybe we could paint it. I mean, just waking up to our environment, asking better questions. And then I think, doing it as a staff when you're working within that infrastructure because if you're going to challenge those assumptions in a departmental level, everybody has to be kind of brought along to a certain... Now, some people challenge yeah. assumptions easier than others. It's the way our brains are made. Um, it's the way we think. But regardless, we have to work to try to ask ourselves and be okay with that. Now, I will say the other thing besides those is the fourth thing is that we have to confront our own fears because oftentimes we don't question them because if we question them and we did it differently we might not be as competent right and so it's it's not so easy to question the things Uh, you know I have a particular style of teaching and it's sometimes really hard for me to challenge my own style of teaching because I'm pretty successful with it Um, and that's that's the that's the big challenge is, is to getting over our fears and to get over the fact that um this is good so i'm going to leave it but we have to really begin to dig into what we do that's good mm-hmm. if we're ever going to become great
2: she does have good thoughts there it is she does yeah she does i like when she you know she says you got to ask questions even about what you're good at yeah. you got know, to you got to keep asking questions even if you've you know we've we've arrived at some measure of success we need to sti- still keep asking questions because the world still changes around mm-hmm. us so we have to keep asking questions within the context of the new world or the new space or the new society so um that's great, great and it's
1: and, and it's so key because it's easy for us to get stuck in in that fear of you know j- just like just like Eileen said if we if we try something new mm-hmm. uh, we might not be great at it. But
2: mm-hmm. we have to try it. You know, one of the things, um, I used to hate the um, Roadrunner cartoon. Mm-hmm. This is, of all cartoons in all of history, I hated the Roadrunner because the the coyote would make me mad because he would try something and there'd be one little thing that didn't work about it. And I, I know this is not really kind because I'm k- kind of promoting catching the Roadrunner, but what I'm saying is, He would have like these one little tricks and one little thing wouldn't work and he would completely scrap that and do a whole other new thing. Mm -hmm. And even as a little kid, I used to think, just fix that one little thing, fix that one little thing. That was a good idea. Fix that one little thing and then try it again. And so on one hand, you can't just keep trying new stuff over and over. Sometimes you got to look at what you're doing Mm -hmm. and just tweak it a little bit. So well, and, I like that. I love this idea.
1: Yeah, and and, and that really is the framing, isn't it? That yeah. we don't just stick with the old, but we also don't just immediately move from thing to thing, that, that we try to iterate on it. Um, you know, my hope in some of this conversation, too, is that um, we can give each other the freedom to really thoughtfully yeah. uh, try new things. And sometimes that means iterating or building on the thing that we already have been doing. Sometimes that means just trying something entirely new and maybe sunsetting or, or closing out something we've been doing that yeah. just doesn't seem to be working anymore.
2: Sunsetting. That's a nice way. <laughs> it's a nice <laughs> way to say that's not working. Let's, it's an let's academic let that rest. Term.
1: <laughs> So Michelle, this is this is more my idea to share than uh than yours to promote, uh, but I do think it's a really great opportunity for all of us as a staff to be thinking about or participating in. You have an opportunity to speak at an event this Thursday yeah. that others might be interested in. Can you tell us just a little bit about it?
2: Yeah, I'm speaking at this thing called Q Commons and I really do mean this thing because up <laughs> until a couple of months ago, maybe yeah, some months ago, I didn't I don't think I even knew what it was, but um, this gathering called Q Commons. And the short way to explain it is it's kind of faith-based TED Talks. It's like mm-hmm. TED Talks, but from faith-based perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I get to be a part of a, of a five-person presentation team. Um, and we each get a few minutes to share, um, some thought. Um, this year's theme, I think, is healing our divided land or healing our divided nation. And so each of us will We'll try to add thought to 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 that. We have some national speakers, and then there's three people from the Portland area, and then every city across the country um, has its own local speakers. So, mm-hmm. I'm you know pretty jazzed that I get to be one of the speakers from Portland this year.
1: Yeah. So so this is great. Uh, Q, Q. Commons is a national piece. I. Actually participated, or by participate, I just went to it. I didn't speak <laughs> at it like Michelle, but uh, I went to one in Sacramento when when I was mm-hmm. living there. Uh, so so this will be happening at Multnomah University from seven to nine p.m. Um, and some of the speakers include David Brooks, a commentator for the New York Times. Kara Powell, uh, she's an author and part of the Fuller Youth Institute, and. Propaganda, who's an activist and national recording artist. And then locally, we have you know, our very own Michelle Lang and also Brooke Gray, for example, from Embrace Oregon. So I do have the ability to purchase a limited number of tickets for Student Life staff who might be interested in attending. So if you're interested, please email me soon so we can sign you up if, if space is available.
2: I'd love to see familiar faces.
1: Yeah. It's a, I think it's a great chance to learn together and think together. So yeah. it should be fun. Well, so for those of you who have listened so far, you know this, but uh, this is where we share some of the info that is coming up for the week. So we do this for you to help provide resources and context. I really hope it's useful. Um, If you have any ideas or info we should share, please uh, let me know. So have a great week.
2: Peace out, everybody.